0: Pierre, and a warm welcome to this other discussion we decided to do. Thanks so much for doing this. It's a real pleasure for me to be talking with you again, and I look forward to the many topics we'll be covering.
1: Hi, Simo. Nice to meet you again.
0: Before we get started with our discussion, I wanted to mention a couple of important things. First, all the music you hear in these two episodes is by Pierre. He composed and performed all of it, unless specified otherwise in the table of contents in which you can also find the exact timings of all the pieces of music that appear in these episodes. All these pieces are from his albums, which you can buy on Bandcamp. Second, I wanted to mention, for the benefit of anyone for whom this may be their first acquaintance with Pierre's music, it's in his musical DNA to play many, many different instruments from many different cultures of many different types, acoustic, electronic electric, computer music, all kinds. And this is how he has created his own musical vocabulary. And now to the discussion. You recently released an album called Sky Flowers, and I understand that's also an installation. Could
1: you talk about that and uh, what that whole experience was like? Sky Flowers is an art uh, installation of mine where I built flowers which are hang in the sky and uh, they are made out of uh, plastic bottles. It's part of my main exhibition, which is called Flowers of Change. And uh, it was the first time that I did this kind of flowers, and I made hundreds of them. They are installed at four meters high in a big avenue in a place uh, which is called uh, Ropenheim Style Outlets. So it's a, it's a village dedicated to brands where two million people come uh, every year. So uh, it was the first time for me where I installed a piece of art in such a place which is much more a consumerism place than uh, a place for art. And uh, I was invited there to do this installation. At first I was wondering if it was a good idea for me to go in this kind of place because uh, I'm not uh, always comfortable with uh, extreme consumerism. And then I thought uh, that uh, maybe it was um, a good place to see how people not used to art react to my uh, installation. And I must say I was very happy with the result.
0: We talked a little bit uh, about this just between ourselves first and you described how it was presented in a really interesting way that you could look up at the flowers while listening to the music. describe, I think it was a street with no cars, only pedestrians?
1: Exactly. So in this street, I first installed my my flowers and there was no music planned, only the flowers. So the visitor is under the flowers, he looks up at the sky and between the sky and himself, you have all these hundreds of flowers which are moving in the wind. The sun is passing through the plastic and reflects on the ground with colored shadows. And um, so this was the idea of the installation. But uh, when I saw the people uh, watching and staying for some minutes, sometimes uh, there watching at the flowers, I invited them to lie on a bench. There are some bench benches. and I did myself the try at first, and it was very nice to be relaxed, laying down. Uh, watching the flowers. With the people passing by, you hear their moves, they talk uh, around you, but uh, you don't see them. So you are in a special mental place. Your senses, not all, but many of your senses are used. So you are watching, you are hearing, you are sensing the wind around. And I enjoyed this so much that I began uh, composing music from that place. It was very interesting to do this So when I went back to my studio, I had taken pictures and also videos of the flowers, and I began composing, watching at these uh, videos. And uh, it uh, led to an album which is called Sky Flowers. And uh, this album ideally is uh, to be listened to under the Flowers of Change. So uh, I asked the people at the Style Outlet if they were okay that we install mattresses in the street where people could lie down and uh, listen to the music and watch uh, the flowers. They were very enthusiastic about this idea. So people go on the installation, you have a a QR code, they flash the code and they can listen to the music on their phones. And so everyone can have this experience and the sound is only heard through headphones by the people.
0: That was such a fantastic way of doing this installation or adding to it because after all i can't think of almost any other situation where you can be in any downtown area and completely relax and enjoy beautiful things and uh, just even lie down if you lie down on a random bench the police will come ask are you drunk exactly
1: <laughs> and especially in this place it was very unusual to have this kind of uh, situation because usually people they want to buy something in a special shop so they have a brand in mind or something to buy and they go to this place and then they go back and here I invite them to change their speed of walking uh, so <laughs> they even get immobile uh, still and also uh, when I was there I was talking to people And I was very surprised to see how strongly they reacted to this installation. Because even if they go there to buy things, they are aware of uh, the situation of the world and a lot of things. And uh, experiencing the sky flowers with sound and sight led to very interesting uh, thoughts by the people. I recorded some of them. As I explained, you have the sun passing through the the flowers and making a second exhibition on the floor. So you have twice the amount of flowers uh, in the sky and the the picture of the flowers uh, on the floor. So it's very interesting. And uh, this led me to make new flowers, which are called water flowers. And uh, you have the flowers which are sometimes on the water or sometimes they have a stick and they are above the water and you have the reflection of the flowers moving with the wind on the water and it makes small waves if you're on a lake, for example. And it's wonderful and I love uh, making pictures or videos of these uh, moments.
0: It's the kind of thing that reminds me of some other times when I've been to some kind of uh, installation or uh, art event. Like One of them was that if you wanted to experience what it would be like to be blind, there was a dark room and uh, you would be eating a meal in darkness and uh, there would be a waiter coming to take your order and so on. And um, it felt very scary when just going to that dark room and just having sight taken away. But afterwards, there was this feeling of gratitude just for sight. What strikes me about those kinds of installations, and I believe this is also true and confirmed by the reactions you were talking about from people, is that it has a healthy and cleansing effect on you to have this kind of experience.
1: At least it was for me too, because uh, there are several points. When you mention uh, your experience in uh, darkness, in the cave uh, at Isturitz, where I record my music on stalagmites and stalactites uh, and so on, I made also an experience like this, which was called Music in Penumbra. I invited people to come in the cave and we switched off all the lights and we were in that cave in the pure darkness and uh, we tried to sing and to make music that way. And where people were easy with the darkness, uh, we had blind people who invited us to walk in the dark in the cave and we could feel the space of the cave. For example, if we walked nearby a wall of the cave, there is a different feeling than having an open space And so we can learn a lot when you remove one uh, sense and then you you can experience how important it is. Sometimes also it can be you don't hear anymore. If you close your ears, you can see how different the world is. And uh, this can lead to very interesting uh, art projects. If we come back to the Sky Flowers, uh, when I composed the pieces of music, when I was playing... Underneath the sky flowers with the people around, I had a very good feeling about my music. And uh, when I, I listened it back uh, in my studio, something was missing. And what was missing was the air, the sound of the flowers, the people walking around. So uh, my music for Skyflowers is very minimalist. And it has to be complemented under the flowers by the sound all around. And then you have a different feeling when you listen to the people around you, but they are far away because you are uh, listening in your headphones. But still, you hear the people, you still hear the flowers moving around you. And then the complete experience is to have this uh, Skyflower album listened under the flowers.
0: The point about senses is very interesting and um, also applies, of course, to a topic we've already covered a little bit, having to do with silence and negative space and uh, leaving spaces and pauses and so on. It's very interesting to me because, uh, well, numerous reasons, but its use in music, for example, is so important to me. I think we've all experienced music following this horrible concept of wall of sound, which meant... uh, making it as loud and saturated as possible or I mean that's at least how I experience it and it was for pop music to make it most audible from jukeboxes and so on it's horrible to experience it like I had some music that I knew actually was produced with that principle from the early 60s and uh, I couldn't listen to that whole album without turning the whole volume down almost to nothing because it felt like an assault on the ears. Compared to that, it's so wonderful to listen to music where there are actual silences, at least the sounds come and go, and so your ears get like a natural selection of sounds instead of this constant level.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's very interesting. And that makes me think uh, about uh, one point that uh, what I learned in the Skyflowers installation is that uh, when you mix the music with the ambience and you think all this at a whole composition, then you have a lot of space to listen to various things, details on the music, details on the ambience. And then you, uh, your experience is active. You are an active listener and you are not a passive listener. When you have a wall of sound, as you say, you are forced to listen in a certain way and you are forced to listen to what uh, people want you to listen to. And when you have more freedom, there is more dynamic in the sound, the composition leaves places for your own interpretation as a listener, then it becomes very more interesting. Right now it's very hot in Paris and uh, I I have a fan nearby me to get some fresh air and uh, we could say that this sound is a problem if we want only our voices but also it gives us information about uh, the conditions where I am right now and it uh, puts us in a special place where the ambience is part also of the conversation. Also, uh, I'm composing music for two video games, and especially for one of them, it happens in a... I cannot say a lot about this, but it happens in a big city which has been destroyed, like uh, in The Last of Us, for example. And uh, I was trying to imagine the right music for this, and I asked the sound designers to do the sound design first. And then I composed the music listening to uh, all the sound design because it's very different when you listen to the ambience, the general ambience of the game with the wind, the leaves and the sound of the animals around. And then you compose the music for this and you leave much more space in your composition because around you, you have all this nature. And uh, when you compose, you react to what you are listening to and then your compositions fit much better the ambience of the game than if you would have done the music by itself without listening to all these ambiences and sound design. For example, if it's a FPS game, you can do whatever you want. So if you look up in some places of the game, all above you, you have uh, big uh, trees with leaves and you see the leaves moving. I'm trying to not only make the music that fits the place, but that fits also what the player is doing. So if you are walking or running, it's interesting to have the music changing slightly. If you are still and you are in a quiet moment and you look at the trees and the leaves, you are in a peaceful state and then the music must follow also this feeling. So uh, it's very interesting to mix all these emotions and these various points of view because the music can be used in various ways when you compose. And uh, it can be um, I won't make a, a course about music uh, right now, but what I learned in, in these uh, exhibitions like Skyflowers, I want to input this experience in video games again, because my first augmented reality uh, installations were based on what I learned in video games. And now I learned a lot of new things in my installations, in real places, with real people. And uh, I can input this knowledge again in video games. And I have a new way of thinking uh, at the sound in video games than I had before.
0: It sounds like all these experiences feed into each other, which is also something I found myself. Like when creating written stories and then creating music, they've affected each other and complement each other also for me. So it's all helping you grow in new directions.
1: directions not only on composing but how you think the sound as a whole in a multimedia project like a video game or an art installation there is also one point which is interesting in the Skyflower experience is to be outside because uh, very often you listen to music in theaters in concert halls and so on sometimes you have uh, live events outside in big festivals for example But when you are in a special place, unusual to listen music to, it's also part of the experience. I mean, having the people, uh, you need some courage to be in a crowded place and lie there and watch the sky flowers. So it's also a psychological experience about how shy you are, how important is the impression the other people have. So I was surprised that a lot of people were too shy to lie on the mattress because they didn't want to be so ridiculous or that people laugh at them. And uh, it was a part of the experience to allow yourself to do this kind of, of things.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think the people who may have had some hesitation, but then ended up doing it, were really happy to have done it. So they took that step, even if it may have felt strange to them, but still to do that. Actually, I wanted to ask you about people's reactions because you mentioned that they have been very positive. And what I've noticed from your Fathers of Change videos, for example, is how happy it seems to make many people to be involved with it. There was a particularly moving quote from a young girl in one of these videos. I unfortunately haven't written down the quote, so I can't quote it. But she was saying something very moving about how Oh, yes. I think she said that it feels like it feeds nature. That was a very poetic way of saying it, that it gives something to nature also. What I've seen in those videos is that people are feeling really good to be involved with that project. And did that happen also with Skyflowers? What kind of comments did you get?
1: Yes, I had a lot of this kind of of comments. And uh, especially people were aware that it was unusual to have this kind of art piece in a mall. I don't know how to call it. When the people talked about the Skyflower experience, they were very enthusiastic and uh, what was uh, often mentioned is the joy. It gives them some kind of joy to be there. And also, it was a peaceful experience for them. Although, in fact, you have people all around walking and uh, the peacefulness is uh, an inner peacefulness because uh, it's a situation that makes that you are peaceful. Because all around you, you have some noise and a lot of people uh, passing by. So joy, I think, and cool, slow, These kind of words came very often. Of course, there was the matter of the pollution of the plastic and so on, which came very uh, frequently. And also how we are not connected one to another. And I think when people lie on the bench or they participate in a workshop where they make their own flowers and they go back with the flowers, then they have experienced what it is like to work with other people for a small amount of time. But it makes like a a kind of family and then there are some deep uh, feelings between the people.
0: I remember feeling something similar a while ago when I did a podcast episode where I just went on a picnic. I didn't remember when I had last gone out to just lie down in nature outdoors. Just that experience, it didn't even have any other component. It was just lying down on a blanket on grass. The peacefulness that happens soon is surprising. I think it's uh, amazing that it's possible to forget that kind of state of mind. You can actually forget how it can feel if you only ever uh, sleep or lie down indoors. If you never go just do almost nothing in nature, it's wonderful that your projects have given people an awareness of this. And that's a quality I appreciate very much in your work. And uh, I think I want to stress how unusual it is to have that kind of effect on people because I find that kind of reaction from very few things in life. So it's very special
1: what you're doing. Thank you. Maybe I have uh, one more thing to say about sky flowers. I think also when you you are lying on a mattress or on the ground and you are watching at the clouds and the sky and you see it uh, all around you, There is no limit in the sky. You see it 360 degrees around. When you watch at the clouds, uh, when you are young, all children do this. You are imagining uh, some animals, some special forms. There is a name for this, uh, and it's also one name for one of the tracks. Then also, I think doing this experience brings you back to childhood when you have less limits than as an adult. And so uh, I think the Skyflower experience brings also that uh, a link to childhood and also a link to something which is very vast, without limit, as the sky is.
0: Yes, there's that freedom we have as children, at least the lucky ones of us, who have a lot of the elements that should be part of childhood, because we're not having to be so purposeful in our free time. So when done with the school stuff, for example, for the day, it's like complete release then. You're not thinking, how can I be productive for the rest of the day? You're just going to do something fun. I also had that reminder of the enjoyment of just watching clouds when on that picnic because it's a joy i also hadn't experienced in a long time of course i see clouds and admire clouds when going places but just to be lying down and uh, really be looking up just enjoying what's there and uh, you don't need anything else to get something out of it
1: yeah and i think uh, skyflowers brings that and also when you talk it reminds me something that far away you have the clouds which are moving very slow. They have a slow speed. And in front of you, you have the flowers of change and they are moving faster, like dancing with the wind. And uh, you have kind of several variations of speed in the same site. And uh, it brings a lot of life all around you. And what is also interesting with the sky is that even in a town you can see it uh, almost from everywhere as long as you have a window if you're inside or when you go outside even in the most crowded town you can watch at the sky above you and it gives you a permanent um, landmark you can have it anywhere as a landmark In your life, even in in the most stressed and big town, if you look up, you can see uh, the sky and uh, also uh, in the nature. So making a piece of art which deals with this feeling of uh, having landmarks is interesting.
0: Yes, I completely agree about that. And uh, for me, I've discovered that these kinds of um, landmarks or continuous things in our lives that are always accessible more or less, unless you are imprisoned somewhere underground, the uh, which most of us are lucky not to be. <laughs> okay, I shouldn't use that. This went too dark. I'll start again. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm just, uh, I noticed that I'm using very dark comparisons. Uh, I'm just aware that there are actually people deprived of daylight. And uh, so I'm reminding myself often of how It's not a given that we have these freedoms and especially it's a worry these days of whether we are going in a direction that will take these beauties out of our lives more and more. But what you were saying about having these things like landmarks and continuity in our lives, things that are always there, they become ever more important to me as anchors of health. I become aware that going back to those helps without fail every time. It's not possible to have some of the dumbest feelings and ideas that we have indoors it's not possible to have them by a lake or outside or in beautiful sunshine or beautiful rain for that matter
1: yeah it's very interesting and maybe it's the reason why people feel joy with flowers of change maybe it's not only the flowers or maybe not even the flowers at all it's just being able to lay down to watch at the sky with or without flowers and maybe this also brings a lot of joy to people
0: Also, the absence of anything negative, it's only positive things. So there's nothing to spoil the experience. And people, whatever worries they may have, they're not reminded of them uh, in that situation. To create that kind of space where that can happen, that's really a great thing.
1: Yeah, and maybe it's not about negative or positive. It's maybe about being here and now and present in the moment that you experience when you are watching the sky flowers.
0: This is also very interesting about art to me, that certain works of art are so intense, they require so much attention from you, it's not possible to remember your own worries at that time, and whenever that happens psychologically, it's healthy because it breaks the loop. Like, let's say if somebody is mourning a loss, that can go on a constant loop in your mind, and uh, the only thing that can start healing is whenever it gets broken, and the longer it gets broken, the better. I've had this kind of experience with something like uh, David Lynch's work, uh, the third season of Twin Peaks. I was going through tough times when watching that and uh, I could not think of my own worries when watching those episodes. It wasn't possible because it was so occupying my senses and uh, David Lynch is like a magician. You can't be thinking what should I buy today from the store or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's maybe also the reason why people, when they have a hard day uh, working and and walking around, running, when they go back home, they are watching a series on Netflix. And when you ask them, um, why do you watch this series, sometimes of ghosts, of horror or anything like that, they say it relaxes me. And it's strange because what they see is not relaxing at all, but perhaps the state of mind they are in forgetting everything and going in someone else's story is relaxing for them.
0: a friend of mine once said that she likes watching dystopian films and tv series because it makes her life seem so much better (laughs) by comparison because it could be so much
1: worse yeah you were talking about uh, utopian or dystopian fictions and i think life may be a fiction but also when you do things you are outside of dystopian or utopian fictions. For example, in my garden, I make grow some plants, vegetables, and fruits, for example. And uh, learning from nature, eating the fruits and the vegetables you make grow is a very strong experience. And you don't have to... It can be very simple and easy to make things that makes your world and maybe the world for other people a better world. It's not a theory. It's just something that you can experience. I think silence could be uh, something we we could discuss because there is a lot to say about that. And uh, first of all, define what silence is because there are several ways of understanding silence. You have the more physical one, which uh, almost uh, never happens. You have the psychological one, which is always uh, a subjective silence and which is, I think, uh, the only one that uh, occurs in our lives.
0: Yes, of course. um, I know that you're aware of this uh, John Cage anecdote uh, where he went to an anechoic chamber where there's no sound getting in, but he was still hearing two sounds. And so even in supposed complete silence, he was hearing, I think, just the flowing of his blood. And then the higher sound was his nervous system in operation. That's how he described it. So no complete silence there either.
1: Uh, I had the same experience, uh, and there is a movie about that. When I worked at IRCAM in Paris, they have an anechoic chamber, and uh, I went there to record several of my instruments, and uh, I was struck by all the sounds I could hear coming from myself. It's when you move your head, you listen your bones, you listen your blood, and there is, in fact, a lot of noise, and you are making that noise yourself. So even in an anechoic chamber, unless you go outside, there is still noise.
0: I'm also hearing some bird song now.
1: Yes, I have a lot of birds uh, right now because all around uh, the houses are destroyed to make uh, buildings. And I am one of the last uh, inhabitants <laughs> here. And all the birds uh, are coming to my garden and all the other animals too. So I have a lot of animals uh, in my garden right now.
0: Do you have traffic nearby? I'm asking because otherwise you could also record Birdsong and might have done so already, of course. But the problem I have myself here in the city is that whenever I want to record some sound, I've almost never been able to get it purely because there's distant car sounds at least in almost every place.
1: You know, uh, I travel a lot and even in places that seem very quiet, you still have the planes And the planes are terrible because you can listen them for a quarter of an hour or or 20 minutes. Because when they arrive, you listen them. You can hear them, even you cannot see them. And when they are above, they make a lot of noise. And then when they go, they still make noise. And uh, when a plane is gone, another one is coming. Even in very uh, isolated place, I had this experience uh, when uh, I was uh, recording some uh, field recordings for Atlantis 2. I was in uh, an Irish land and nobody uh, around, uh, only some ships and some birds. So I was very happy. I began recording and I could not finish the recordings because there were always planes flying above. And so I had to post-prod the sound and remove the planes but I could not uh, have a a decent recording. And uh, it's the same even in very far countries, uh, in the mountains, uh, where you meet nobody for days, but you still have sound of cars, sound of planes, sound of traffic. It's terrible.
0: I also have that problem when out at the lake because there's a law over here that you can't use certain machines like lawnmowers before 7 a.m. But that's the exact time I can also go out on the lake in a boat. Uh, Engine sounds are coming from lawnmowers and cars and planes. This makes it difficult when wanting to get a specific sound.
1: Yeah, it reminds us that uh, making a recording is not uh, only putting a microphone and hearing the same thing as your ears are listening to. Because when you are listening with your ears, it's also you are listening with your mind. And you, you can make abstraction of some sounds that you don't want to listen to. So right now there is a bird singing. You can listen to the bird even through internet because you are focused on this sound and you don't listen to the other sounds that are present in the room. A microphone cannot do this. The mic will capture everything. So you have to play with the various types of mics you are using. And then you can do some post-production to go to the recording you want to hear. So it's a kind of creation or recreation of what you recorded.
0: Yes. Uh, it's difficult to get even just the sound of waves often because there's uh, other things uh, happening around. So it's not as simple as people may think.
1: Yeah, I love to record waves and water sounds. So uh, I have various uh, sets of microphones to do this because you can listen to the water from outside, from inside. And uh, it's very interesting to... You, you get uh, fantastic sounds with water. That's what I did uh, on uh, L'Isle-le-Dieu. Uh, we will talk about this. I recorded hours and hours of various waves of uh, springs, uh, water, and so on. For the field recordings... For the waves, for example, I have a way of recording waves where it's a a kind of creation. It's not that I put my microphone and wait for uh, one hour of waves. I use the waves and the sea as an instrument with my microphones. I go to search what I want to listen to. And as I'm listening in my headphones, I begin to make a kind of composition with the waves and it's very interesting, it's much more interesting than putting the microphone and waiting for the sound to record.
0: We we're talking about learning from nature and this also gives me a perfect way to move on to the topic of biomimicry also which is a fascinating topic also for me could you describe um, kind of a definition of biomimicry and also how it affects your work and your thinking
1: i learned first time from biomimicry in a book from uh, Janine Benius, which is, I think, uh, one of the first person to write about this. She's very well known for writing about biomimicry. And uh, biomimicry is learning from nature in the forms, in the materials, and in the ecosystems. This is a small definition, but I think it works very well.
0: How about, how has it affected uh, your own thinking and uh, creativity?
1: For example, when I'm composing, if I'm composing for a concert or if I'm composing for a video game or a movie, it's not the same subject. There are interactions, for example in a video game, uh, there are interactions between my music, the sound design, the gameplay, the style even of the characters, and all this affects the music in return. The music also affects what you feel when playing in the game. So this is a kind of uh, natural interaction of an ecosystem.
0: You used the term systemic during our first discussion and mentioned that almost everything you do these days is
1: systemic, more or less. Could you explain what you mean by that? Yes, systemic means thinking things as a system. If we come back to biomimicry, in a forest, for example, You have interactions between the trees, between the mushrooms, between the animals and uh, the leaves of the trees will become the future humus, the ground where the plants will grow and so on. So systemic means thinking about things as a system, as a whole. If I'm using uh, instruments which are well known to be the sound of a country, for example, if I play accordion, then you may think, ah, he's a French guy, he's playing accordion, so it's uh, French music, French ambience. And uh, so to evoke uh, an ambience of Paris, a lot of composers use this instrument. But this instrument is used uh, everywhere on the planet. I'm making something about Madagascar and it's a very important uh, instrument there. But if you ask people about accordion, they think Paris. So only playing accordion leads to evocating this Parisian ambience. This is an example, a small example, of how biomimicry can interact with music.
0: In my case, the association in my youth was especially with couples' dance music, like tango. My parents used to dance all their lives, and that's also actually how they met uh, in a dance hall. And they also liked to watch these TV programs that were shown and still are shown in Finland, simply showing live dancing in those kinds of dance halls. So when still living at home, I heard a lot of accordion in that connection. So that's why I connected accordions with Finnish dance music. Of course, later I became very aware of the common perception that if you want to do a Parisian soundtrack, for
1: example, make sure to put in an accordion. Exactly. There are some some usage which are less common. For example, if you think about rhythms, everything around us, has its own rhythm and its own uh, fundamental, um, uh, I don't know the word in English, uh, frequence de resonance. Uh, I will do the sentence again. Okay. It's too stupid, this one. I ask the question in English, it answers in French. <laughs> 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 resonant frequency, okay. Uh, another example is to use the resonant frequency of an object. As we know, each object or each place has its own frequency where it resonates the more. And uh, using this in a composition, for example, influences very strongly the composition. If my room, for example, has a strong frequency where it resonates, and if I compose the music exactly in that resonance, then I will have a very different uh, result than if I used uh, any other frequency. So we can see there are strong interactions between informations and other informations.
0: Talking about places and what you can do in them and the place kind of telling you what to do, I think you also have a great talent for doing that with instruments. So you might end up using an instrument from somewhere completely different, setting a scene somewhere, but it would still somehow feel right for that place.
1: Yes, uh, this is often referred as uh, working... uh, In situ, which is a um, a Latin word to say that you, you work according to the place. The geniloki, also it's called.